0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's up, guys? So that happened. And, uh, you know, it was another one of those things where you start to feel good about the Bears and then they do what they did today or tonight, I should say. Because here it is. It's almost midnight and I'm just getting started. Uh, recording uh, this episode, so um, this probably won't take very long. I don't really have a lot to say, or at least I don't feel like I do, but, you know, get me going, and we'll see where we end up. But it's just, once again, you know, after the Bears looked so good uh, last week uh, against the Raiders, who have, uh, you know, granted, they were missing their quarterback last week, but they have equivalent talent in the receiving area, uh, and in fact, you could argue that the the Raiders were better because they had Devonte Adams. You know, they had uh, Michael Mayer, they had uh, uh, Jacoby Myers, uh, and everything. So, I mean, they've they had talent and stuff. They had a way better running back in, in Josh Jacobs. Maybe not way better, definitely better in the run game, not so much in the passing game. But you know, it just uh, and we dominated last week. We went right after the Raiders and dominated, came away with an easy 30-12 to uh, victory that wasn't as close as the score would indicate. The Bears were, beat them 30-6, to and they added a garbage touchdown. And that's pretty much what happened tonight, only in reverse. The Chargers came out, and they were the ones that were dominant. They were the ones that, especially early on, uh, were beating the Bears up, up front on both sides uh, of the ball. They were the ones that imposed their will. Uh, upon their opponent by being able to uh, sit back in the pocket and pick us apart because Iberflus, um wouldn't dial it up. And, and I know that we, we talked about it during the week that Herbert, you know, is especially effective or is good uh, against the Blitz or he doesn't seem to crumble uh, or anything. But we know we can't get home with four. And we also know we can't afford to sit back there and let this guy pick us apart. And that's exactly what we did anyway. We didn't start sending pressure until the second half of the game. And what happened? The Chargers scored six points, two lousy field goals in the second half, versus sitting there and letting them do whatever the hell they want for the first 30 minutes of the game, where they touched the ball four times, came away with four scoring drives, and this game was over at halftime, 24-7, to which was one of my keys to not let them get off to a fast start. Don't let them get off to a fast start because they notoriously seem to kind of wither and shut down in the second half. So say if we can get to the first half and we've only given up 10 or 14 points, we've got a shot in the second half. Even if we can't get anything going on offense, it's easy to catch up when you're only one or two scores down. But when you're three scores down, their defense can just pin their ears back and come after us. And they got Bosa and Mack back there. And their offense, you know, doesn't really need to do much to uh, to make it worse. And that's exactly what happened tonight. We sat there on our heels in man, in zone coverage, and Herbert picked us apart because we couldn't get home. And before you know it, it's 24-7 at halftime. And, uh, you know, basically we as Bear fans sat there in the second half just waiting for it to be over. You know, yeah, we're sitting here in case a miracle occurs, but overall – we're just sitting here watching the moments tick away so the game can be over and that's what we did so yeah let's go ahead and get this over with this is the week eight pre uh, review week eight review episode of the bears talk Underground so let's get to it Hang up I don't think anyone thought the Bears would come out and dominate uh, against the Raiders the same way, uh, or uh, dominate the, the Chargers the same way we did against the Raiders uh, last week. But I think that, you know, with the way that the defense had been playing the last few weeks and with the way that the, how efficient and effective the offense was last week, that uh Going out there, playing ball control, running the offense through the running game, you know, and then being smart and effective on defense sounded like a winning formula uh, against the Chargers. Only the Chargers, and the only reason that the Chargers were worrisome for me was because of Herbert and Keenan Allen and, uh, you know, the fact that we do not get home with four, we don't have a pass rush. Which is why I'm guessing that uh, the rumors of the Bears pursuing Chase uh, Young from the commanders has been dialing up uh, this week. Now with the Bears losing tonight and falling to two and six, I don't know if it's better to, to just let that one go and take our chances in, in free agency, or, you know, maybe give up a, a draft pick or two to bring in Young now to help us now and uh, see what happens uh, at the end of the season with an extension or, or what happened. Or maybe he just comes in and balls out because he would definitely be a significant upgrade over what we have uh, on the edge. And, uh, you know, we end up signing him to a deal like during the, off-season, during the season or almost immediately after the offseason ends, you know, before he has a chance, uh, before free agency has a chance to begin, we sign him to a new deal. I don't know. I'm on the fence uh, on Chase Young. I'd love to have him. You guys, I talked about this at the beginning uh, of the season. I'd love to have Chase Young. Still think it's premature to talk about getting our hands on him because we didn't know how he was going to be. How is he going to look now that he's fully healthy finally? And, um, you know, because of all the trouble that he had with that knee injury, um, you know, suffered in 2021, Uh, you know, cost them all of 2021 and most of 2022. And he had a full off season where he was fully healthy and was able to get in, get it strengthened up, get in shape, but still an, you know, an unknown commodity at that point. And, uh, you know, he's got five sacks so far. I don't know if he got one today uh, against the uh, Eagles, but he and Montez Sweat are both on the market. Uh, right now, or at least the commanders are taking phone calls and the bears have been linked to chase young. So, you know, I don't know, would this be a chase Claypool level disaster to trade for him to be a buyer when our season is clearly going down the tubes one week at a time? Uh, or would he come in and give our defense a boost? Because that's the one thing we don't have is an absolute monster coming off the edge to pressure the pass. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, I'm torn on it. I'd love to have him. I would absolutely love to have Chase Young. but uh, And actually, it's not really even about the compensation anymore. It's about the makeup of this team at the moment. You know, Do we want to add him to this? Do we want to be buyers when we're clearly sellers at this point? Or at least that's how the season is going. Anyway, people are going to pick at us to help improve their team for the stretch run we're two and six with nine games left. It's, yeah, it's not looking good. So I don't know. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm torn on it. And like I said, compensation is not really that big an issue. We have a you know ton of cap space, so signing him uh, to an extension not a problem uh, for us uh, or anything like that. There's, it's just that you know would that be the right move right now? Never mind the draft picks. Like I said, making the deal isn't the issue for me. Is like, does it make sense to bring him in? Because at this point, if we bring him in midseason, we're basically paying whatever we're paying to, at this point, rent him for the next nine games. Unless we immediately sign him to an extension when we make the trade. Unless that actually happens, you know, we're renting him for the next nine games where he could possibly be like, yeah, you know what? I'm not cool here, and God knows who they're going to bring in because Ibraflus is out the door. He is out the door. So new regime, possibly a new general manager, a guy that didn't make a deal for me. We could be giving away a third-round pick, second-round pick, whatever it is, to rent him for nine games so he can go sign somewhere else in 2024. That's why I'm, I'm kind of shaky on the actual deal. You know, do we want to add him to this, have him not be happy here for nine weeks and then hit free agency? And the true winners are the... Are the commanders because they have our draft picks or or whatever to do whatever they want with. So anyway, that was a little uh, five-minute sidestep on Chase Young uh, in the middle of what was my uh, review of this disastrous football game. But, I mean, I guess Chase Young would factor heavily because some kind of difference he probably could have made uh, tonight because, you know, Iberflus decided that – We're just going to sit back there and and let Justin Herbert uh, pick us apart and, uh, you know, just let him go ahead and and, uh, start off the game 15 for 15 uh, and, uh, you know, just one pass play after after another. We were very good against the run again, so at least we'll still be the first or second-ranked run defense uh, when it's all over because I think Austin Eckler had – 29 yards on 10 carries uh, in this game or whatever ended up uh, being. It was the passing game. It was Herbert that threw for, I think, in the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction. I was like, you know, we started going after Herbert in the second half, and he had 220 yards at halftime. I don't know if he broke 300. He did. He had 320. So, But he had 100 yards passing in the second half versus 220-plus in the first half when we were just sitting back there letting him do whatever. I don't know what the hell it is about the Bears not making in-game adjustments. You know, they're, they're allowed to do that. You, you are allowed to adjust to what's happening during the game. But Iberflues, I guess, likes to save it all for halftime. And, uh, you know, half the time those adjustments suck anyway as well. So I, it, just, it, it gets annoying. And I know you guys are, are with me on this, that, you know, especially with this team, this year, especially, we look forward to it so much. We talked about it till we blew in the face about, you know, our hope and our, not really so much our expectations, but what we were really hoping for this team to do this season, where we were, the direction that we were trending in uh, and everything. And and other people were excited about us as well. And, uh, you know, first it started with Green Bay then, you know, you get excited over how the offense finally looked like it turned a corner against Washington and, uh, and Denver only for it to show up the way that it did uh, against Fields, or excuse me, against the Vikings. And Fields gets hurt. Then we bring in Bajan, and he looks like a champ. And, you know, running the offense efficiently, effectively, making quick decisions, getting the ball out and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And you're hoping to see that again tonight uh, against the Chargers. But the Chargers were ready for it. This is what uh, Dave Drogemeyer from Locked on Chargers and I talked about uh, when I had him on the show was if the Chargers figure out a way to take away the first 10 yards of the field from us and we force bajent to throw the ball down the field or, God forbid, try to throw the ball into windows uh, inside that 10 yards because, I mean, even Chris Collinsworth was talking about it tonight. All of uh, Bajan's passes are outside the numbers. Outside the numbers. Outside the numbers. It's like it's it's legal to go for the middle of the field, guys. It is actually legal for that to happen. You know, slants, crossing routes, digs, and so on. They don't always have to be screens to the outside. Out routes, hitches, and stuff like it's like watching Nagy run the offense again. Everything exists outside the numbers. It is mind-numbing to watch it all over the place. It's like they think that the fucking middle of the field is made of landmines or something. And the only people that are immune to landmines are running backs and receivers on third down. It's annoying. And it's stupid. And the Chargers were ready for it, and our offense looked inept and ineffective all night long. All night long. Okay? Aside from a couple of plays... Where there was some busted coverage, well one in t- in particular where there was a busted coverage, and another one where Mooney makes this crazy catch first play of the game was actually not down uh when the whistle- when the whistle blew it dead, whatever I don't know if he would have scored or but you know or if Dermon James would have been able to run him down, but that was a missed opportunity the ref screwed us out of. then you got Valus Jones. I saw a tweet on uh, on the tonight where Lauren Cox said, "Everything Valus Jones does is hilarious." Yeah, painfully funny is what is how I would put it. You know, it's it's funny to watch you trip and fall, and have the ball hit you in the bread basket. You know, have the the throw be perfect anyway, despite you stumbling over yourself and watch you drop it because there wasn't a defender there to stop him from catching. The ball, it was him tripping over that imaginary blade of grass where he falls into the end. I, I initially, I thought it was a bad throw. I thought it was a bad throw. And, I, because, and because of the way he fell, I thought he was stopping to come back for the ball. And instead, he was just falling down. And the ball still managed to hit him in the stomach as he's falling his clumsy ass to the ground. The Bears ended up scoring a touchdown on the drive anyway. But we would have had another, I don't know, two and a half, three minutes from that moment until till till Darrington Evans finally did score. And, you know, we didn't challenge the middle of the field. We did kind of go against type and try to go downfield like the, with Mooney on the first play of the game, but that only happened like, what, twice, maybe three times uh, in the game. It wasn't enough to get the Chargers to back off and you know, spread things out a bit and, and get outside that five to seven yard range from the line of scrimmage. We weren't as good running the football because the Chargers loaded up the box, daring us a to throw the ball and b to throw it downfield. We did neither of those things, so that's why we lost. And quite frankly, I I don't, I don't really want to do this. I don't. I'm I'm completely annoyed, and that's why. <laughs> I I just, I'm sick of this. I really am. I'm so sick of it being obvious. You sit there and you listen to these announcers, you know, especially a guy like Collinsworth. This guy studied tapes like you and I breathe air. Okay, so here he is talking about it during the game that everything, every one of his throws is outside the numbers. Everything is to the outside. And unfortunately, he didn't piggyback that by saying the middle of the field should be why. In fact, he said that we were going to the outside because the Chargers were taking the middle of the field away. That is absolutely not true. So I don't care what he sees. How are they going to take something away that we never go for? I mean, that would make sense if the Bears were routinely attacking the middle of the field. We're not. We are absolutely not. Unless it's a running back running up the middle between the tackles, we ain't attacking shit down the middle of the field. Nothing. And you guys have been listening to me for weeks It's like, why are we not trying to attack the entire field? Why? Why is it just outside? Outside the dashes, outside the numbers. Everything exists out there. We don't do anything in the middle of the field. And I'm not saying this because we're so good in the middle of the field. I'm saying it because we don't know. And it's like we're ignoring this gigantic portion of the field. And meanwhile, we watch our opponents week after week. Slant routes, in routes, dig routes, attack our defense in the middle of the field, and we watch them eat all day long. All day long. The Chargers were running slant. I mean, you know, Keenan Allen had first downs. Uh, you know, doing that, and, and, and just to just tonight, watching them do it. It's just, you know, it, it's it's back to, to to Nagy again, like with with Luke Getze. It It is like, how is it? So many people from so many different levels of expertise or credibility or whatever when it comes to the game all agree that, you know, maybe we can. they keep stopping us because we keep doing the same shit over and over again. You watch film and it's just like rinse, repeat, lather, rinse, repeat, watching the offense. If you can stop the run, then force them to throw, whether it's fields, whether it's Baygent or whatever, everything's going to the outside. With fields, you're under threat of going deep, especially with a guy like DJ Moore. And, you know, so yeah. But everything's going to the outside. It's not like they're going to run DJ Moore on on a post route to the middle of the field. That will never happen. It's all happening to the outside. And exclusively to the outside. We're not running anything up the, you know, running any pass routes. We're letting Cole Komet go up the seam or anything like that. You watch the Chiefs. All day long. I mean, hell, last week, I watched Travis Kelsey eat for 130-something yards in the first half against these Chargers, attacking the middle of the field. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, Robert Tunyon actually caught a pass today. I almost got an erection. I I forgot he was on the fucking team. I mean, I even tweeted out, how about that? Robert Tunyon is still on the team. Because there he was. He caught a pass today. Cole Comet, who didn't catch a damn thing against the Raiders last week, caught 10 passes today. I didn't even realize it was that many. 10 passes, 79 yards. All for all the good it did. We didn't see enough of Roshan Johnson. We didn't run the ball enough today. You know, Bajan, not uh, not Bajan, but, you know, Johnson and Foreman had fifteen carries between the two of them. Nine for Foreman, six for Roshan. And you know, I just I'm sick of it. So I'm not even gonna try to regale you with the story of of the game. I, I simply I'm I'm done. I don't care. I don't care. This is the risk you run when I when I'm doing essentially a knee jerk reaction uh type show. It's like I'm I'm just over it. Really, I am I'm over it. You know, we talked about it in the in the preview, and the reason that our, that our guest Dave Drogemar uh, really liked this uh, matchup for his guys is because the Bears don't get home with the pass rush. Justin Herbert will be able to sit back and you know have the time to find receivers, and that's exactly what happened because the Bears didn't do anything to dial anything up to to put any kind of pressure on Herbert. And you guys have heard me say it a thousand times. A thousand times, especially recently, with our with our pass rush issues, I can deal with it. If we get beat on the blitz, I can handle that. If Herbert weathers the storm, can dodge this guy or get the ball out on time, and you know gets the play, uh, gets the, the the pass off, and they make the first down, or God forbid, they break a big one for a touchdown, I can deal with that a fuck ton better than I can just deal with watching this guy sit back there and pick us apart. I cannot stand that. You know, you know you can't get home with four, and you don't dial anything up until the second half. By, the time, by that time, the game is already over. They got us clocked on offense. We're not scoring four times in the second half. That's not happening. Okay, game's already over, man. It should have been, you should have been Brian Flores this week sending the house on every third play uh, to get after Justin Herbert to, it, to at least force some kind of pressure to make it a shorter game or at least, you know, so he's doing dump-offs or to the hot route and things like that as opposed to just sitting back there. Oh, there's Keenan Allen 12 yards down the field. Oh, here's this other guy that's wide open. Hey, Quinton Johnston? Averaging two catches a game, how about we get you seven or eight downfield because you're, you know, just running around in the zone and everything. I can't stand that. I absolutely cannot stand it. And, again, Eberflus finally decides to dial something up in the second half. We hold him to six points. Six points. Because, I mean, we didn't end up sacking him all night tonight, but we ended up pressuring Herbert I mean I thought TJ Edwards knocked him out of the game at one point he's had a beautiful hit on Herbert I think it was in the fourth quarter so it really didn't matter but a beautiful hit on Herbert came right up the middle on the blitz and Collinsworth kept calling it a delay it's like what delay he came as, he came on the snap of the ball comes in he drills uh Herbert A, a you know a beautiful no nowhere near helmet to helmet beautiful I mean it would have been one of those where I'd have broken my television if they flagged him for unnecessary roughness you know, like, oh, he had a flag, and he tried to put his weight on the quarterback, God forbid. It just... Yeah, but he waited until the game was already in hand before. It was like, oh, yeah, maybe, you know, after watching this guy in four drives move his offense down the field effortless, effortlessly to score three touchdowns and a field goal and went four for four and scoring on every drive in the first fucking half, maybe, maybe... We should do something to alter that. And then like I said, on, on offense, I said if you know, if the if Chargers can figure out how to take away ten yards, you know, take off the ten yards from the line of scrimmage and force to throw the ball down the field, you know, we don't know if Bayent can or cannot do that, but that's what he didn't do last week against the Raiders. He didn't challenge the Raiders downfield because they were letting him have those first 10 yards. You know, third and long, we lived third and long this week, whereas it was last year, or last week, it was maybe third and six. I think third and eight was the worst we dealt with. We had third and 16s uh, tonight, third and, you know, 10 or 12. We had that multiple times uh, throughout the game. And then, you know, there was also the uh, the return of the undisciplined Bears, where every good play was rescinded by a penalty, holding, you know, uh, uh, what was it they called Patrick on? Illegal hands to the face. Uh, We had Valus Jones, who had two beautiful moments today. First, it was the touchdown that hit him in the stomach that he didn't drop because he just tripped over his own fucking feet. And then there was the um, uh, returner interference that he had that gave the Chargers 15 free yards to kick off their second touchdown drive uh, of the game. So there was that as well. So, yeah, forget everything you thought you saw last week against the against the Raiders. You know, we, 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 we made a guy in Brandon Staley who's got one of the hotter seats in the league with the way that he's been coaching and, and everything. look like a goddamn genius tonight, him and Kellen Moore. Just absolute out the Bears across the board, especially for those first 30 minutes. Just absolute utter domination on both sides of the ball. And, you know, both play callers just at will do whatever they wanted uh, against the Bears. So that's all I got to say. Uh, we'll go to bear up, bear down. Just get this shit over with. I only have one bear up because there was really only one person that stood out for me positively in this ballgame, and that was T.J. Edwards. You know, when Eberflus finally started dialing up the, the blitz to get some pressure uh, on uh, Herbert, it was Edwards. He was sending Kyler Gordon A- at times. You know, we were trying to make it happen, and it was far more effective than just letting us sit back in zone and letting Herbert pick us apart because we weren't getting anywhere close to him uh, with the guys up front. Uh, Edwards I think had 13 total tackles. He had those those quarterback hits. He recovered the one fumble uh that we got uh in the fourth quarter. He was really the only person who showed up tonight as far as I'm concerned. So the one in, usually when we lose like this nobody gets a bear up. Today I got to give one to TJ Edwards. He was everywhere tonight. God bless him. Uh bear downs, Eberflus, you fucking idiot just sit back there and let him pick us apart. Go ahead. It's not like he's a tier one quarterback whose team has dealt with horrific, you know, injury problems, sometimes incompetent uh, coaching, but this guy is definitely worth the 50-plus million that the Chargers are going to be paying him for the next five years. And, uh, you know, you just sit back there and let him sit back there all the time in the world, no problem. Just, yeah, there's Keenan Allen, there's Donald Parnum, whoever the fuck that is, and here's Quentin Johnston, you know, my number one pick who's – who hasn't done much for us, but he will tonight against this fucking offense. Oh, yeah, there's Austin Eckler. Yeah, don't worry about that guy that, uh, you know, practically led the league in receptions one year. That's how effective he is coming out of the backfield. I mean, he ate our lunch all night tonight. Speaking of Eberfluss, bear down to the defense. Uh, aside from TJ Edwards, we're going to tackle for shit tonight. Speaking of Donald Parnum, that touchdown just before the half. Just uh, He caught the ball. We had a tackler right there as soon as he catches it. Beautiful. Guy's right there. Shakes that guy off and then drags two others into the end zone for the touchdown, made it 24-7 right before halftime. And it was like that a lot. You know, as good a game as TJ Edwards had, tonight there were also a few instances where he had Roquan disease where he just came flying in there. And uh, not under control, and went right past the uh, overran the overran the play. Uh, that happened to Edwards a couple of times. He had Roquan disease uh, tonight. Roquan was notorious for that shit, man. He he read he made the right read. He made the the right move. He ran right into the hole, but he came in there so fast and so out of control. He ran right past the defender, who just made a slight cut after Roquan ran past him. And what could have been a three, four, five yard loss ends up being a 14-yard gain or some shit like that. Yeah, we had Eckler dead to rights on a screenplay at one point. Edwards went flying right past him, and he ended up scoring a touchdown. I think that was the one time that that, you know, the first touchdown of the game. And then finally, bear down Valus Jones. The two moments that we actually acknowledge that you existed tonight where you tripped and fell over your own fucking feet and still dropped the ball that hit you right in the rib cage. Uh, And the other time was when you ran smack first into the punt returner, giving the Chargers 15 yards they didn't earn when they didn't really need the help to begin with. So, outstanding. Outstanding. You know, here I was trying to defend you. Actually, you know what? I haven't been defending this fucking guy. I was wondering why he was still on the team. But he's finally started returning kicks, so at least he's doing that now. He's actually making use of the roster spot for why we're keeping him. Otherwise, why the fuck are we keeping him? <sighs> anyway, that's it. I'm done. I don't feel like going through the knee jerk reactions. When we start playing better, we can have nice things uh, like knee jerk reaction. I just, I was just annoyed, annoyed. You know, the we got out coached uh, by the Chargers. And, uh, you know, forced Bajant to, to make some bad throws uh, tonight. Um, my least favorite stat in the entire NFL uh, being that stat where, uh, you know, when your receiver drops the ball or, or something like that or can't make the catch and it ricochets into the arms of the defender. That goes against the quarterback's interception numbers, which I think is bullshit. Uh, Mooney did that tonight. You know, he should have caught the damn ball. Instead, it squirts out of his hands, and Derwin James uh, picks it off. So it goes as an interception against Bajit instead of some kind of, like, fumble stat that should go against Darnell Mooney. But, um, you know, through a bad interception, one of those interceptions where it was bad, like you didn't really know what his intention was because D.J. Moore was running downfield. It was way behind. Like, I don't know if if it was a miscommunication where he was expecting D.J. Moore to sit, on the route and more would just kept running down field. Or if he led the shit out of Darnell Mooney, he was the only other receiver in the neighborhood. So it's either he thought, uh, DJ Moore was going to sit or he thought Darnell Mooney was faster than he was. Cause he just kind of floated it out there and there was nobody, but a charger defender there to pick it off and, and come back with it. So shines off that apple and, you know, hopefully uh, fields can come back, uh, next week. And then I'll go again, go once again, hoping that, uh, you know, we can run this similar type of offense where, again, like we did last year, run the offense through the running game and then play action, rollouts, do that kind of stuff. But with fields, it won't just be from the next between, you know, the line of scrimmage and 10 yards out. With fields, we can really open up. The offense, let's use his legs. Let's get him rolling out so that if you know if it's not there, he can use those dangerous running skills uh, of his. I want the Bears to keep running this offense, but with Fields when he comes back, which I hope is next Sunday against the Saints. I do. So I just know that we're capable of more with Fields out there. So anyway, that's all I got guys. Come back tomorrow. This will be part of the uh the pick 6 uh for the fourth phase. So I'll spend maybe a few more minutes talking about this uh this ball game and and several others. It was an interesting week for picks. I went all in on the Chiefs and they lost to the to the Broncos for the first time in 8 years, 9 years. It's like Pat Mahomes had never lost to the Broncos in his career uh, with the Chiefs until today. Yeah, he was drafted in twenty seventeen. This is eighth year in the league. Seventh year in the league. Yeah. And the 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 Chiefs had beaten him a couple of times before that as well. Because this this victory by the Broncos broke a 16 game winning streak over the uh over the Bron- over the Chiefs. So yeah. Yeah. The fucking 49ers lost again. I can't believe that. I mean they could. The Bengals are really, really good, but they've lost three in a row now ridiculous so and it, and it's getting worse because they should have beat cleveland where the losing began they couldn't get out of their own way last week against the uh vikings and this week they just flat out got beat so the 49ers who were unquestionably the best team in the league 3 weeks ago when they were 5 and 0 are uh yeah falling apart at the moment they're not even first place in their own division Anymore. The Seahawks, who won today, wearing the old-school uh, silver helmets and everything, that brought back some memories. But, uh, yeah, they won today at 5-2. and two, They're a half game ahead of the now 5-3 49ers. <sighs> I think they finally have a week off, so they might actually get a respite from their losing streak. But... Uh, not the kind of game you want to have going into the bye so come on back tomorrow we'll uh, recap the rest of uh, week number eight talk about how the rest of my picks went and uh, yeah move on to uh, week number nine so that's gonna do it guys I'm going to bed Uh, we'll see you tomorrow for the fourth phase until then my name is Larry D and this has been bear stock underground